Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And with that, welcome to America's Heroes Group, our roundtable with Steve Seidman, legally speaking with Steve. This September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Today is Saturday, September 24, 2022. You just heard our host, Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a guest on the line, our partner, founding attorney Stephen Law of Stephen Law Firm office with over 30 years as an ex- experienced trial lawyer focused on personal injury. Steve's an America's Heroes Group partner, sponsor, and advisory board member. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. How, how are you doing? Pretty good. So what news do you have to tell us about what is going on in the legal realm, especially when we have a lot of stuff going on with these burn pits and what's going on in Camp Lejeune? What information right. do we have today? Well, it, it's more uh, good news about the benefits that are available to those uh, veterans who have been exposed to um, water contamination and other contamination at Camp Lejeune. Uh, they're, as you know, uh, deluged with advertisements from lawyers out there who are advertising their services because Congress has now opened up this uh, act that says that if there are certain cancers that fit within the categories uh, that uh, you certain cancers you have, uh, you could uh, uh, apply and uh, sue uh, the government, even though it might have gone back all the way to 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. The bottom line is they, they contaminated the water at Lejeune. Uh, there's also, uh, uh, we've talked about this before in the show, a camp ord out in California that's coming to the uh, attention uh, where they, it's it's shown that all kinds of chemicals have leached and and into the drinking water of uh, the troops out there. And uh, we're, we're seeing more and more of these uh, toxic torts uh, that are kind of coming to fruition. You know, people probably heard about the large verdict against sterogenics. Sterogenics is the place that used to uh, uh, sterilize uh, medical equipment out in Willowbrook, and, and they uh, emitted a certain chemical in the air uh, that uh, really uh, gave cancer in, for, to residents of Willowbrook at the amount of seven times the amount of cancers that other people had. That's similar to what we see here going on with Camp Lejeune. Um, and uh, we've talked about this before, too, Sean, the burn pits um, out uh, it, it been used for, for years and years and years. There's now legislation, at least you could get VA benefits. You can't sue the government for that. 
but uh, in burn pits, as we've talked about many times, all kinds of things were burned in there from munitions, feces, gasoline, and uh, just horrific chemicals um, and the cancer uh, producing um, qualities of these chemicals were such that uh, fortunately Congress has passed now laws about um, that and, and being able to recover veterans benefit. And what I've seen over the last years and um, Glenda uh, Smith has been the wonderful uh, uh, your executive producer, we've seen all kinds of changes in the last five or seven years since I've been doing this with you guys and it's coming to an end with me but uh, I always want to be a partner with you guys but the bottom line is that uh, we have seen for instance sexual discrimination sexual attacks mm-hmm. uh, bases uh, stepped up in legislation for that we've seen where the federal government can now be sued when an army member is malpracticed upon while in active duty at a hospital uh, with a government doctor. Believe it or not, these were things that we didn't see when we first started. Wow. We've seen airplug uh, cases where airplugs were sold that were defective, and 3M is getting sued for those. We've seen Camp Lejeune uh, and uh, toxic torts uh, legislation allowed. We've seen uh, all kinds of things change. And uh, later in the broadcast, I'd like to talk about what uh, we've talked about before which is the discrimination in the VA system uh, on VA benefits for those of color uh, and the lawsuit that's existing uh, to try to stop that. Uh, I'd like to start, though, maybe by talking about what, because it is National Suicide Prevention Month, one time during the the, the last period of years, I had a a person um, as a guest uh, when uh, we did the show and he talked about how he was uh, very active in trying to prevent suicides that were at that time 20 suicides a day mm-hmm. uh, in 2018-19. The good news is the number of uh, veteran suicides in America fell to less than 17 a day in 2020. Wow. Um, which has fallen. Uh, it's a very positive sign that efforts to provide additional mental health care and all these support services to veterans may be saving lives. Uh, that's a real big change because it used to be 22 a day, 17 a day is, is a big drop. Now, the annual suicide uh, prevention report, which was released just a couple weeks ago, believe it or not, it goes back two years. It goes back a year, 2020, um, actually. But it showed that 6,146 veterans died by suicide in 2020, which was the last year that data was available. That was a decrease by about 9.7%, which was 600 fewer cases in 18. Um, however, uh, it, it's nearly double the drop that was seen in the suicide rate among the general population. So uh, that's, you know, the VA Secretary Dennis McDonough expressed uh, some optimism over these findings because he said it showed real progress, but he also said, and it's true, there's so much more work to be done. Um, yeah, without a doubt, because we still, because you have to think about it, from the 20 year war of Afghanistan and Iraq, 6,000 is about, uh, we have 6,000 suicides per year. That's about how many died in the entire conflict of Afghanistan right. and Iraq. And, and what uh, McDonough said is that one veteran suicide is one too many. And they're going to continue with all kinds of funding. So I have to turn this back 
uh, if you think about it, 16.8 veterans a day die by suicide in 20, uh, which was, by the way, the first time this calculation fell below 17 since 2006. Hmm. What I have to throw out there is this is positive news, but veterans, as you just pointed out, remain more likely to die by suicide than uh, Americans who never served in the military. And then in the conflict themselves, more people died here at home, um, which is just ridiculous. The suicide rate among veterans is roughly 31.7 deaths per 100,000 veterans, Mm -hmm. almost double that of non-veterans. So I guess I have to throw out why. Why is the answer that suicide is the leading cause of death among veterans 45 years of age and younger, uh, only behind accidents. Um, and uh, it, it, it's hard to fathom, but I think if I could throw it out there, maybe the fact that people, the veterans, get home and uh, the prospects uh, of what they fought for, maybe they're not seeing the, the, the they're, they're upset, they're depressed, but it is such a high rate. And since it's National Suicide Month, as what was stated at the beginning of the year, I guess we have to try to continue to work on talking and any veteran out there that's listening uh, to try to get as much counseling as available um, at the VA system um, because improvement takes a lot uh, to do. I mean, you have to address these preventions, suicide prevention. You have to uh, really work hard. And I know the VA has taken a real big step in this in collaboration with all kinds of agency uh, to make sure that things get better. Um, and um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious as to why I never really understood why the rate was so high, but it has to have to do with helplessness when people get home. But there is help, mm-hmm. and, and people should seek it out because the VA is very interested in wanting to help with community-based suicide prevention. It's good you brought that up, uh, Steve, because there's a lot of things we're going to talk about around that, exactly around that issue, which is why are people, why are veterans coming home and committing suicide? What are the resources and the tools available to veterans? And a lot of the the feelings that veterans have is very, are very common. Coming home from service, particularly if you've been deployed, getting out of that routine that you've had every day, that structure that you had every day where you were told what to do 24-7, you knew exactly what your purpose was all the time, and then coming to a civilian world where all of a sudden that's just pulled out from right, right from under you. And coming sometimes home to families who've changed. You've been gone for some years maybe um, on multiple deployments, seeing a lot of traumatic things that, that most people will never experience in their life. God, God willing, they never have to experience in their life. Having experienced these types of experiences, coming home to people that can't relate to that, and there's and you feel isolated, and you don't have anybody ready to talk to. You think you have no one to talk to, but there are people you can talk to, and that's the thing that most veterans need to understand that you are not alone in this, and you can get help, and there are resources, tools available, and there's people who've gone through the same experience that you've gone through. So we're going to expose a lot of that that information and a lot of those resources today on this show. So I'm glad you brought that up, and once again, they put things in perspective. A quarter of the suicides in this country are from veterans, yet we make up less than 7% of the population. That's, I mean, that's 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 some, a red flag all in itself within the numbers. Think about that. More than a quarter of the population, of the quarter of the people that commit suicide are, are going to be veterans, but less than 10% of the population are veterans, and that number is shrinking. 
It's shrinking, but it's still staggering. Mm-hmm. If you consider that 17 a day in 2020, and we don't know where it is in 21 because the data is not available, but that is a tremendous amount of people. I mean, it, and, and so it, it's the month that we have to start thinking about it and focusing as to the help that's available, the money that's being spent by the VA. You have the VA secretary who's doing his, his best, his level best to try to help people. I, I think a lot of it is, is just something that I would not understand because I never served. But people who serve, as you stated, all of these reasons, these various reasons, um, where they come home and, and it's, everything is completely different. You, you feel like it's helpless, but nothing is helpless. You've got to seek the care and treatment that you, that you need. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, Steve, and that is cause we have this question a lot from a lot of veterans that uh, and people that are even civilians have the same these same questions, because a lot of these resources are not just for veterans, but also for veterans families. So, for example, the Camp Lejeune, from I understand, families also have recourse and have things that they can sue for uh, for the experiences that they've had, even if the person who was there, the veteran that was there has passed on. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And actually, there was one baby that died back in the day uh and th- that was really the first pr- the first lawsuit that started off the camp lejeune um uh, series of lawsuits and that baby died of cancer hmm. and uh, the the mother uh was dogged in her determination to find out because she was there with her husband who was serving there camp lejeune why this happened and it turned out that she exposed the fact that the the type of cancer this child died from was related to the type of water uh, contamination with massive amounts of chemicals that were put in. So uh, that daughter, for instance, could sue. A wife could sue uh, for injuries because not only, as we know, not only were the military bases used for uh, the the soldiers and those enlisted, uh, they were also the family members uh, were exposed to the same type of environmental concerns that the troops were. Mm. So, yes, if you were at Camp Lejeune and you were sick yourself uh, and got cancer, you have the right yourself to sue, even though you might not be serving in the military. Um, so, yes, that, that definitely is a, a great point, Sean. And then once again, um, give us your information because a lot of people want to reach out to you. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are curious about what legal remedies they have. Because once again, we have veteran support organizations that are there to help you with filing claims with the VA, getting on disability from the VA, or just getting VA benefits. But attorneys um, who are qualified and have experience dealing with government issues, VA issues, and things like that, you can take them a step further and get remedies for other problems that is not addressed in this regular filling out paperwork, getting a claim filled from the VA. Is that correct? Absolutely. For, for instance, I'll give you an example. Those people that now go into the hospital, if they're, if they're veterans, VA hospital, and they get malpractice on by a doctor, right? Or, uh, you know, now with the new rules, you could go elsewhere. You don't have to stick with the VA doctors. And if you get malpractice upon um, outside and, and on you while using your veterans benefits, you have a right to sue either that doctor, if, if it's a personal doctor or, or a private doctor, but you also have a right under the Federal Tort Claims Act, just like the Lejeune cases, to file a malpractice case against the VA. And it, it, we see this a lot, and that includes those family members who are at the, the VA facilities who are 
having the unfortunate uh, situation of being malpracticed upon. It happens. It's, it's a fact of life. Uh, and you have rights to pursue that. I've been doing this for 40 years now, going on 41. Um, and I work with uh, fine lawyers in my office. My office number is 312-781-1977. Uh, I'll tell you, there's a lot of sad stories, but unless you step up and protect your rights, uh, unfortunately, um, you're not going to be able to uh, to protect yourself. And I will tell you that uh, that the laws are set out to help you, and especially with this Camp Lejeune, that it could be 30, 40 years old, and it doesn't even need to fall under the uh, categories of the cancer. You, if you could prove that the cancer is uh, something that's caused by the type of chemical exposure, that is also something that you're entitled to get. Um, the good news here this month is that veterans uh, could see their benefits boosted by the biggest margin in 40 years, uh, because this last Thursday, uh, Congress finalized, uh, finalized plans to guarantee that veterans check have a cost of living boost, and it's going to go up to 8.7%. So this is a very big thing for those that are listening, uh, that the checks, the federal officials uh, are, are expected to announce that it's going to be a, a, a big increase, uh, obviously, uh, for a veteran, for instance, receiving about $1,500 in monthly payouts, that level increases $130 each month. So that's obviously a, a big deal uh, for those that are listening. Um, and I want to make uh, sure that your listeners know about that because they're going to have to, you know, like everything else, kind of look into it uh, uh, with, every, with everything. And you have to sort of look into it and sort of find out uh, what's what on that. Um, if I could take a couple minutes just to, to talk a little bit about uh, sexual reproduct- reproductive rates for women mm-hmm. uh, at the VA. Uh, I, I did a little bit of research on it this week because with all this stuff going on um, and, and about reproductive rights, and, and we all know about the new uh, cases that have come down or cases that came down. We all know what Indiana tried to do, by the way. They tried to illegal make abortion illegal, and the governor, I think, uh, somebody vetoed it, thankfully, um, and or the courts did uh, that. You, they were they were going far, but what are, women's veterans are finally getting access to life-saving reproductive health care. Um, uh, and ex- today, more than two million living women veterans who fought for and defended our country uh, are now able to get some uh, reproductive rights. You would think, well, that's what are you talking about? Um, well, it wasn't, believe it or not, until 1992 that the Veterans Administration authorized to provide reproductive health care services to women's veterans. Hmm. So, veterans. so it, no women's veterans before 1992 had any reproductive health care uh, services. They, wow. they couldn't talk about maybe uh, doing what they needed to do for themselves. But believe it or not, the original authority excluded pregnancy care infertility services and abortion. In mm-hmm. 1996, the Veterans Health Care, there was a, a reform act uh, that authorized the VA secretary to determine what kind of care is needed. And uh, they now were able, uh, since 1996, to provide certain infertility services. So believe it or not, you couldn't go, if you were a woman, into the VA and get infertility services at the VA. Uh, and uh, finally, in 1999, they issued some regulations. But uh, now, 
on September 2nd, obviously just three weeks ago, the VA took action to correct the injustice about Dobbs and avert imminent future and future harm to veterans. They published an interim final rule that updates its medical benefit package. It removes the longstanding prohibition on providers' ability to discuss abortion with patients and authorize the VA medical facilities to provide abortions in cases of rape, incest, life, or health of a veteran. This is a strong first step, uh, everybody who's a woman out there, that finally puts the VA on par with other federal health care programs. But guess what? It's already under threat. The House Committee on Veterans Affairs in the last week has recently held hearings on women's veterans' health care. Republican members of the committee found it to be appalling, made remarks, and I think that it's very important for you to call your congressmen, women, senators, and tell them that you, as a woman, want equitable reproductive rights. Uh, this is what you need to be stand-up and counted, just like you need to be stand-up and counted if you're going to sue for Lejeune or file claims for burn pits. Uh, and uh, so I think I'm sort of out of time. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks a lot, Steve. Steve Steidman, founding attorney of Steidman, a Steidman Law Office with 30 years' experience as a trial lawyer focused on personal injury. He's also America's Heroes Group partner, sponsor, and advisory board member. And on a note of what you just mentioned, Steve, once upon a time, I believe, and we'll check with Stephanie Collada later on, but it was actually discharge, you could be discharged as a woman for getting pregnant, if I'm not mistaken. This is America's Heroes right. Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.